Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. You're listening to Absurdity with Ryan Becker the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything. From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to Absurdity. Hey guys, welcome back to Absurdity. My name is Ryan Becker, and I'm really glad that you are listening. And I have no idea why I always pause between I'm and Ryan Becker, but it is what it is. Really glad you're listening. This week we are doing a solo episode, and you're going to hear this as probably more of a rant episode as I talk about one of my biggest pet peeves in the denomination that I love. So we're going to dive right into it with uh, talking about Adventism's cling to relevancy. And here's what I mean. Uh, there's There's been this pattern I've noticed in the last several years of whenever someone famous comes Adventist, or whenever Adventism is named in the media in any way, shape, or form, uh, Adventists tend to go crazy over it. Uh, we tend to write all these articles and, and react so uh, loudly on, on social media like it's this big deal, and like somehow it, it suddenly establishes us uh, as, as this legitimate denomination, when really we've been a legitimate denomination for pretty much our entire existence. So it's interesting to me to watch that dynamic kind of play out, but I'm going to talk about uh, just a few different uh, examples today of the different the different times that we've kind of clinged to relevancy by clinging to and riding on the backs of the fame of other people, organizations, or uh, TV shows in one example. So you may, if you are a Seventh-day Adventist and you've been one over the last kind of six years, you will probably recognize a few of these things. And so we're going to jump right into it after the jump. So first up, let's talk about probably the biggest, arguably, uh, the biggest uh, conversion, transformation, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I've seen in 
my time as an Adventist, uh, but it is Angus T. Jones back in 2012. Angus T. Jones in 2012. He was an actor on the show Two and a Half Men uh, with Charlie Sheen and eventually Ashton Kutcher uh, when I I believe Charlie Sheen stepped down from the show. But uh, Angus T. Jones, it was revealed that he had been watching a lot of videos from a popular Adventist uh, conspiracy theorist, Chris Hudson, with the Forerunner Chronicles on YouTube. And um, he that was kind of his his spiritual guide or mentor, according to um, a lot of different sources. And so what we saw happen was Angus, as a result of um, as a result of converting to Seventh Day Adventism, or at least converting to becoming a Christian, um, basically quit the show. Decided if he was going to be a part of this faith, that the show really had no place in his life. He couldn't he couldn't in good conscience stay on this show. And so he quit. And that's fine, all well and dandy. I don't have a problem with that decision. Here's what I have a problem with. The slew of articles and reactions that came as a result. And I get it, he's a celebrity. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand, and we all have different opinions on it. And I also understand the church's need to kind of get a grip on it as a lot of the Forerunner Chronicles' more obscure videos and and, and some of his uh, more... trying to think of the word, uh, some of his more out there theories, um, in, in videos that were being exposed and shared everywhere. Um, this became a very real, uh, very real problem for the church because it was actually putting the church in a pretty bad light. And so there was need for the church to do some PR and the, uh, Seventh-day Adventist World Church or the NAD at least released an official statement saying they were working with him. And actually what, what I find interesting is you can actually just search Angus T. Jones Adventist or forerunner Angus T. Jones, and you can find all these different links and videos from, I'm actually looking at it right now, Huffington Post, Hollywood Reporter, TMZ, Jezebel.com, um, all these different Daily Mail, and then also YouTube. Uh, you've got uh, you you've got the Forerunner Chronicles actually original videos of uh, Angus T. Jones's testimony, and so you've got all of this media attention pulled towards Angus T. Jones. And what I saw, what I watched from Adventists, and I actually don't remember if so. I don't remember if I kind of perpetuated this or took part in this. So if someone remembers from that time and they can remember if I took part in this, please call me out on it. Uh, But I don't remember if I did. Um, But what I watched was a bunch of Adventists freaked out because a celebrity was now Seventh-day Adventist. And it was like, oh, we're suddenly established now, or we're suddenly legitimate and people will know who we are, or see, God can even reach into the depths of Hollywood or whatever. And, And it became this huge deal that this kid, basically this young adult uh, turned to Adventism. And it was really sad to watch because I actually think this did a lot more damage to his own faith um, than not. I think uh, his mom actually said that she was concerned that uh, the church was uh, just trying to take advantage of his celebrity status. Uh, And given the route that he took into the church, I don't exactly blame her for doing that. Um, I'm not trying to uh, accuse Forerunner of... um, of you know taking advantage of the celebrity status, I'm not trying to say that they had any nefarious means in it, but I will say uh, that a lot of traffic was driven to his YouTube channel as a result, um, whether good or bad, and that in and of itself looks bad. Um, there could have been different ways to do this. Um, 
Granted, there were some statements that Angus T. Jones made of his own accord, uh, of his own free choice to announce why he was doing things or, or to talk about um, kind of his reasoning for converting, things like that. That's fine and dandy, but the way we touted him as this trophy of um, of relevance uh, was really disappointing for me. And now, if you actually look up where he where Angus T. Jones is now, he's he's slowly returning to acting, finding out that that's a you know been a really big part of him, and he's uh, kind of stepped away from all faith based organizations, and he's just seeing what happens on his own. And it would not surprise me if a big reason for that was because of the way we kind of exploited his fame uh, to put Adventism in the spotlight when really there wasn't a need for it. Um, he's just a guy that converted. And instead we put this big slapped it. It's, it's kind of like we, we used him as a billboard to talk about seventh day Adventism. And it was really sad to see. And I know there are some people that, that can kind of resonate with this. So that was, that was the first time that I was kind of exposed to it. And something really, really did not sit right with me because, and, and, and here's why we're going to see this kind of play out in a little bit as, as we talk about the, the other examples today of this happening. But what really, what it really showed me was a deep seated insecurity that we have about our own denomination. Um, and, and we see this across the board. This is, I've seen this in other denominations too, but obviously because I'm Seventh-day Adventist, it's, it comes closest to home in my denomination. I see it the most, I'm exposed to it the most. And so looking at it from that perspective, it was really easy to see it, to see this insecurity because, I mean, there are a lot of people that have called Adventism a, uh, a cult, um, because of misunderstandings or whatever. In fact, uh, until the book Questions on Doctrine and, and some of the bigger meetings back, I believe it was in the 50s or the 60s, most likely the 60s, um, people really did think we were a cult. And to this day, there are people who think we're a cult. And it just is what it is. We're actually an official Christian denomination, not that, that I know of no other of official denominations, Protestant denominations, will call us anything but a normal denomination. They may not know a lot about us. Um, I actually was sitting in an interview with a really popular Christian music group who said they loved us um, and who said and said that they feel like um, Adventism has really taught them about the importance of family. And so there's a lot of beauty in Adventism. And I don't know why we're clinging to celebrities' faith, and not even just celebrities' faith, but a kid, a young adult, I think he was a young adult at the time that this happened. Maybe he was a teenager when it happened, but we're clinging to the faith of a young adult um, who's just entered the faith, and we're clinging to that for our relevancy. And I think that is severely damaging to a new believer's faith um, to suddenly prop them up as a spokesperson and, and representative of millions and millions of Adventism uh, or Adventists. So that's number one. Now let's check out number two. Number two comes from uh, actually a show that I watch pretty frequently, um, and someone will blast me for it, I am sure. Uh, Family Guy. Family Guy. Now, many young adults will remember this, but in January of 2012, January of 2012, the so same year as the Angus T. Jones incident, Family Guy referenced Seventh-day Adventists on an episode um, called Living on a Prayer. It was season 10, episode 12, and it was actually about a family of Christian scientists, I believe, who uh, basically believed that prayer was the answer to everything and that they wouldn't seek any medical 
um, advice or attention or or any any sort of doctors or medicine for cures to any sort of diseases. And so uh, the Griffins find, meet this family, they become friends, and they find this out. And they also find out because the kid passes out on at their home that the kid has um, is sick with, I believe it was cancer. And so they the, the episode is basically them trying to convince this family to take their kid to the hospital. And um, in the episode, at one point, they, they confront the family in their own home. And it goes terribly, of course. And um, as they're leaving, Lois says, uh, wow, these people are as crazy as the Seventh-day Adventists. She says, just like that. And then it shows us a clip of two men, uh, two white men standing on a street corner by a bus stop. And uh, one says, I'm a Methodist. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I go to and I worship. I I remember that by worshiping on Sunday. And then the Adventist says, "I'm a Seventh Day Adventist, and I believe everything that you believe, but I go to church on Saturday." And all of a sudden, the the Methodist freaks out. Um, you see him do one of those like crazy old style like Looney Tunes freakouts, where his eyes pop out of his head, and he hits his he hits his own head with a hammer, and he hops away down the street in true cartoon fashion. And what I find funny about this is it's actually a statement in defense of Adventism and kind of the conversation that Adventists have a lot with other denominations and saying, yeah, we basically believe everything you believe. We just go to, we just go to church on a different day. I almost said school, but uh, we just go to church on a different day. That's the only difference. I mean, yes, there are, there are significant differences other than that, but that's the main one. That's kind of like the most obvious or, or like, uh, you know, the, the most visible difference between us. And people freaked out at this because, A, we, they mispronounced Adventist by saying Seventh-day Adventist. Um, and B, because it's Family Guy, the, everyone just kind of assumed that this was attacking Seventh-day Adventism, especially when Lois said just as crazy as the Seventh-day Adventist. But it seems like when you watch this clip, that they're actually making fun of everyone else's reaction to Seventh-day Adventists and saying Adventists are actually pretty normal. So I, I find it interesting because literally that night, all these people that either never watched the show um, or I didn't know watched the show um, were suddenly um, just engrossed by this clip, just just solely focused on this clip and in outrage about how dare Family Guy make fun of Seventh-day Adventism which, once again, I find funny, especially for those who are fans of the show, because they make fun of a whole lot of things. And in fact, I've actually found a tweet as I was looking into this. The Adventist Church um, responded, literally, the official Adventist Church on January 30, 2012, at 3.31 p.m., said, at least it wasn't South Park. And I think that's glorious. A, that South Park is being referenced on the official Adventist Church Twitter, but B, um, I just think that's a great response. At least it wasn't South Park. Because um, South Park tends to have absolutely zero boundaries about anything. They make fun of everyone pretty much equally. Uh, and I, I just find it so sad that we would react uh, so much to this. Um, and then on the flip side, again, people reacted the same way we reacted to Angus T. Jones, which is, oh, look, see, Family Guy knows who we are. Oh, there's a chance that Seth MacFarlane could be converted. And that's that's what gets me. And I actually heard this sentiment being expressed that because they know who we are, there's a chance that they'll become Bible-believing Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Like that's our only goal for every single person. As if nothing else they do matters as if, and, and then all of a sudden they'll use their talents for the Lord. Like 
it's like we don't see people as people. It's like we see them for their fame that could be used um, to prop up our organization. And that's really sad to me. And I can definitely understand why skeptics, why atheists, and why, why those who are questioning beliefs when they see this kind of behavior would totally turn away. Because A, it's really not that big of a deal that they mispronounced our name. Uh, Adventist and Adventist. Many people mispronounce our name on a daily basis. And in fact, I didn't even know this till college. I was, I was one of the ones that made this mistake. Um, most of our people misspell our, our own denomination because it turns out if you're a Seventh-day Adventist, the D in day is not capitalized. So it's seventh hyphen day, and day is lowercase, and then Adventist. But most, uh, most of the time I see our name typed out, the D is capitalized. So I find it funny that we would harp on a group for mispronouncing our name, yet those within our group, those within our organization, can't even get its own capitalization right. Once again, minor thing, not terribly important in the larger scheme of things, but here's this seemingly, I think it's like 30-second clip that we've taken and magnified into this huge deal that for weeks was being talked about. And I've gone back and watched this episode several times. Um, I think Family Guy... Um, is hilarious. And yes, there are absolutely episodes I will not watch. There are things on that show that I will not watch, but um, I do find the show funny. And you can be as mad at me as you want about that. Go right ahead. But I, it's, it's just interesting to me to see how we, how we reacted to that sort of thing. And, and basically people were up in arms about something that actually defended us. So that is number two. That is number two. So first, we've talked about Angus T. Jones in 2012. And lastly, or, and secondly, we've talked about Family Guy, season 10, episode 12, Living on a Prayer. And here's, here's the kicker. The end of that episode actually ends with one of the, the best kind of things that I've heard about, uh, or the best kind of, um, kind of justifications for medicine that I've heard about from Christians. It's one I've used for years. And it's one I really like, which is basically at the end of the episode, they, um, Lois and Peter kidnap the child, um, not advocating for kidnapping. They kidnap the child in order to get it to the hospital and get it proper child care. And when they get to the hospital, there's this big showdown with the police and um, the family comes up and then Lois go- jumps into this speech about basically like, don't you think that penicillin and modern medicine and all these different things are the answer to the prayers that you've been praying for years? Don't you think that modern medicine is the miracle that God has prescribed for his people? And so there's this, it's this long spiel that she goes on, and Peter even makes a joke about, hey, hey, you're doing great so far. Just try to throw in a few laughs. Because Family Guy, literally its only purpose is to make you laugh as much as possible. And yet in a show that's goal was to do that, they include this huge kind of speech um, about the principle of a miracle and what God has done to provide us with medical care. Now, there are those who would say, well, doctors do that, and they study that, and they study that, and, and you know, by thanking God, you're not thanking those doctors, acknowledging those, those doctors, and I would say, why not both? And then you can insert that meme of the girl from that commercial where she's, cheer- where she's being like cheered up because she said, por qué no los dos? So um, I could, that's basically my, my reaction to that. Why not both? Why can't we thank doctors and God? Why can't we do both? And so I thought that was a really interesting episode, and um, an interesting moment in Adventist history, uh, in, in modern history, and kind of our, our cling to relevancy there. So that that is number two. Next up, number three.
Number three actually happened this year. Happened this year. Actually, just a few weeks ago. I'm recording this on the 25th of March, um, but this happened just three weeks ago in early March of 2018. And it happened on the Facebook page and I think an Instagram page. Maybe I'm wrong on the Instagram side, but uh, happened on a Facebook page of Doug Batchelor. Not Amazing Facts, but Doug, Doug Batchelor's personal page. Suddenly, there was this video that appeared of uh, Doug Batchelor meeting one of the girls from the music group TLC. Um, and when they posted a video of it in Facebook, it clearly was like scheduled out. Like no one just randomly record. The way it happened uh, is if you watch the video, Doug Batchelor is just kind of walking on his cell phone and then suddenly he puts it away and looks to the right and, and up comes, um, I believe it's Chili from TLC walking up to him and gives him a big hug. And it's just, it seems so like that was clearly scheduled, that, that meet was scheduled. And that's what bugs me because once again, here we are taking someone's celebrity status, whether former or present, and clearly leveraging it for something. Now, so I don't want anyone to mishear me here because I'm not saying we don't celebrate those who are baptized, right? We don't celebrate, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate those who convert or those who become Adventist and, 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 and accept the Sabbath truth and, and, and all of that, right? It's not that. I, I'm a big fan of, of, of people becoming a Seventh-day Adventist. What I'm not a big fan of is us exploiting it, whether we want, whether we are intentionally doing it or not, exploiting someone's platform for our own organizational goals and gains. And that's just sad. Um, now, maybe my entire criticism here is wrong, and maybe Chili was the one who said, hey, I'd like to really be featured on your page. I believe my platform could be used for this. If they want to do that themselves that's fine. But until I hear that specifically, I I can't help but take issue with this because it just seems so shady. It seems so destructive. And it, 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 it because we're taking the faith of someone and we're literally just putting it on blast because of their platform and because of what their platform does for us as an organization. Because no one knows those Seventh-day Adventists and suddenly everyone will know. And you know what I find interesting? There's a lot of stuff in Adventism that makes me question whether we really want to do that, whether we really want to have some of that dirty laundry aired in the Hollywood sector and picked apart. Because if you spent any time on Reddit, if you spent any time on some of the um, more just random Facebook pages or, or social, on Twitter, really, Twitter, big time, um, it, the stuff that people find out, the stuff that people dig up, like, there there's some things that I'm, I think we may not want to have dug up. Um, we're currently in the midst of seeing several different people being arrested um, for, um, for abuse and sex scandals um, across the country. I've seen just a couple, uh, just a few articles in the last few months about it, um, different people here and there, uh, whether it was accusations or, in, or pending investigations. Um, we've got our big trouble right now in dealing with women's ordination and that kind of ongoing battle. We've got a big battle with homophobia. Um, we've got a big battle with LGBT rights and LGBT acceptance in the Seventh-day Adventist Church and what that looks like. Um, the church hasn't quite really figured that out. And, and even if the world church has, individual churches certainly haven't. Um, so there's this big mess of all these things we're trying to work through, and we're at a huge crossroads in the Adventist Church. And suddenly we're wanting to, not even suddenly, this is clearly a pattern, um, we're wanting to cling to these, to, to, to these celebrities' platforms 
to push ourselves out into the spotlight. But what we've always known of faith to be true is that true transformation happens in personal relationships. And so it's not like suddenly, um, even Angus T. Jones in his instance, it was because of personal conversation and, and he, his, he reached out to the dude behind Forerunner. Like, you've got personal relationships involved in almost all of these. Chili, actually, her mom is the one who watched Amazing Facts. It's not even... And and then she became a fan through her mom. In other words, through relationship. So why are we trying to bypass the relationship in order to get some sort of big platform out for um, our message, where we could simply capitalize on our relationships? Now... Capitalize was a terrible word, and I should go back and re-record it, but I'm not going to. What I'm going to do is explain what I mean by capitalize on our relationships. When I say capitalize on our relationships, I don't mean that we have relationships with people to convert them. People are people first before they're, they're Adventists. And um, I think we should be appreciating them and um, loving people for who they are. Um, I don't see my friendship with Jace Kara, the... Uh, my friend from the last episode who's an atheist, I don't see that friendship with him as this thing where I'm constantly trying to convert him. He's a friend who's made a decision, and I will respect that. Um, when I say capitalize on our relationships, I just mean that if we're going to seek to change lives, we do it through relationship. I've been changed through relationships. Someone else has been, uh, people, other people have been changed through relationships, and it seems to always happen naturally. So I don't know why we're trying to bypass that um, in sort, some sort of cling for relevancy, but but that is number three in Doug Batchelor's um, kind of publicly posting of meeting one of the girls from TLC. Lastly, this one, I'm actually not sure how long it's been going on. Um, all I know is it kind of popped out completely out of nowhere for me. Um, but it's going to be Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin. And um, Devon Franklin works, I believe, I don't know if he still does, and someone can correct me on this, um, but at least he used to work with uh, Columbia um, pictures and um, used to work in in, in Hollywood and, and in movie in the movie business and all of a sudden people like started posting about how this dude that works up like up in, as one of an as an executive in Hollywood um, is Seventh Day Adventist. And I was like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> that's neat. And suddenly it became this thing of now Devon Franklin became the official authority for how to keep your faith in a secular environment. How do you how do you spread the Adventist message in a secular environment? And we started inviting him to all these events and coming to public speak, um, which is cool. If you he clearly wanted to do it, he was fine with doing it because he wanted to um he wanted to um use his platform to make a difference in the church. Great. No problem with Devon Franklin there. Um, absolutely no problem with Devon Franklin. In fact, I'm looking at his Facebook right now, and he's got a book out um, that he released in September of 2017 called The Hollywood Commandments, A Spiritual Guide to Secular Success. If that doesn't tell you anything uh, about what I'm saying, uh, I don't know what will. But it's not Devon I have the problem with. Once again, my problem isn't with any of these organizations or people um, that have converted, right? It's not the people themselves. It's what we do with their story. It's what they do, what we do with their platform as if somehow it makes us more relevant than we are, we need to be. Um, and that is, I remember Devon Franklin at one point went on Oprah 
and talked with her about spirituality and talked with her about religion and, and rest and things like that. And, and once again, we freaked out um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on all these different places. Uh, Spectrum, I think, wrote about it. Maybe they didn't, um, but there was a few different Adventist publications, I think, that did that wrote about his appearance on Oprah's show. And once again, we took this as, oh, well, maybe Oprah will be finally converted, and then she'll be touting and, and, and preaching the Adventist message and and this, this, and this. And once again, we're hoping that, that someone else's platform will make our faith relevant. We're hoping that Oprah becoming Adventist will suddenly make our issues with our own faith relevant, or our, 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 I mean, not relevant, but uh, our own issues completely disappear or maybe justify our struggle because, oh, well, if she's an Adventist, I can be, I can still remain one as well or whatever. I don't, I don't really fully know what causes it, but it's something that really bothers me. Um, I will say insecurity definitely is one of those things. And now as we take our final jump, I'm going to explain um, what I mean by insecurity and what I mean by, um, by us clinging to these celebrities' faiths um, that, um, that has caused us um, to really kind of ignore ourselves. So let's jump right into that. Because of religion's kind of uh, controversial relationship with science over uh, the last few decades, last several decades, last hundred years, whatever, however long you want to attribute it to, um, there's been kind of this anti-science sentiment among um, adults. And this is what I mean by that. When I was taught in school, we weren't even really addressed, like a lot of the competing theories of of the origins of Earth and and how science works uh, were really either just outright dismissed or not really explained. And what happened with a lot of Adventists my age, a lot of people who came before me, and a lot of people who who are coming after me, is because suddenly they're starting to have these questions about the origins of Earth and about, um, you know, fossils and things like that. Suddenly they have all these questions and we're not answering them. We're just outright dismissing them as works of Satan or whatever. And there becomes this, this skeptical part of us. And um, what I found interesting is I was listening to Ryan Bell's podcast. He was the, uh, the Adventist pastor who took a year off, took a year of atheism. And then after that year, he actually became an atheist. And uh, I was listening to a conversation he had with another ex-pastor, I believe, and he said something along the lines of, when I became an atheist for a year, I suddenly could answer the questions I had had without needing to come to a preconceived or predetermined answer. And that resonated with me a lot as I think about this kind of topic, because what happens is we're taught that any question we have, we must arrive at an answer that's already been decided. The journey's already been laid out by someone else, so all you have to do is play along. All you have to do is come to the same conclusion they did, and you can stay in the club. And this is a, this is a struggle, because as a result, there are a lot of faithful people, and I would be willing to put myself in this category in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, there is a whole host of people that have legitimate questions that they are afraid to answer because they do not know if they will come to the same conclusion that they're supposed to. They don't know if they're going to come to that predetermined conclusion. And what happens is, in the same way that you know, I kind of touched on with Jason in, the last, in last week's episode, um, if you end up leaving your faith, you end up leaving people. 
You end up leaving your family or you end up leaving all of these people that were so close to you for so many years. You lose a lot of those connections. You lose the community of your church that you may have been involved with on a daily or weekly basis for your entire life. And suddenly those people are gone because you're no longer in church. Right? So, so the, the fear of losing your faith is much more than just intellectual. It's relational. And it, because we've made answering questions so difficult, which is ironic for a faith that touts itself as um, being intellectual, um, we end up with a whole bunch of Adventists that are clinging, or desperately clinging, desperately kind of grasping and, and, and reaching out for something to hold on to that will give them confidence in their faith, because they don't have it intellectually. That if you pull one piece from the Jenga tower, the whole thing will collapse. And this is a significant issue. And so what we see is that whenever Adventism gets put up in um, Hollywood, whenever a celebrity uh, talks about Adventism, whenever, and I think Hillary Clinton once released a video of, uh, uh, talking about Seventh-day Adventists and kind of our, our contributions to the, U- to the United States, and Barry Black is the, 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 the U.S. chaplain, uh, the Senate chaplain. Right? So we, whenever we hear these names or whenever we see these things happen, we, we grab onto them as if these people that are far away and likely um, they don't know any more about it than we do, when they change their mind and they become a Seventh-day Adventist, suddenly that gives us the, the confidence we were missing. Suddenly that gives us the strength to, to hold off asking, asking those questions and answering them. Suddenly we have the strength to ignore those and continue on strong in our faith, knowing, well, if Oprah is an Adventist, I can be one too. If Devon Franklin's an Adventist and he's all the way up in the dredges of Hollywood, I just said up in the dredges. I don't even know if that makes sense. Down in the trenches? Can we say down in the trenches? There we go. Down in the trenches. Um, he's down in the trenches in Hollywood. Well, if he can survive and, and be faithful, then, then so can I. Um, and I get it. I understand that. And, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm certain that there are more reasons than that for why we cling desperately to relevancy in the media spotlight. But man, if we could be secure in our faith and secure enough in our faith to not need that, to just be who we are, like we always have, continue to have the Bible studies we do, continue to build relationships and, and, and improve on the way we build relationships, if we could do that um, and do that well, then I think we would be fine. If we could encourage people to ask questions and create spaces where discussion for those questions can be um, can be fostered, can be encouraged. If we weren't so afraid of losing people because we don't know the answer to a question as leaders, if you're, you know, if you're a pastor and, and you're afraid, I don't want to have this discussion because I don't know the answer. So I don't want to be asked a question I don't know the answer to. You know, for pastors, it's in a completely different light. I mentioned the Ryan Bell podcast earlier, uh, Life After God. And, and in that, it's even more significant if you're a pastor or a ministry leader in a paid position, because if you don't arrive at those predetermined answers, you lose your livelihood, you lose your health insurance, you lose your, your, your income, you lose all of this stuff that's necessary for you to live. And if you have your degrees in Adventism, if you have your degrees in, in a very specific denomination, um, it can be very difficult to find work suddenly um, out of nowhere. And what we end up with is a lot of pastors who don't believe. There are a lot of pastors who are atheists, 
I don't know how true that is in Adventism, but I know that's true across the board um, in Christianity. There are a lot of pastors who haven't believed for years, who've lost their faith, and they're playing the game. And that's tragic to me, and I'm very sorry, and, and, and I, I hate to see that happen. Um, I hate to see them living a lie and their, fo- and their congregations following one as a result. But I want to, to bring attention to this because it's not something I've ever heard talked about before. And I would love to have someone on if you want to talk about this and how you've interacted with it. Maybe you disagree with me and you want to talk about this. Sure, I'd love to have you on. But I do want to make this clear. I am not talking down toward Angus T. Jones, Family Guy, Devon Franklin, or Doug Bat- or, or not Doug Batcher, um, or Chili from TLC. I'm not talking down against any of them. They have every right to have the experiences they do. They have every right to make the decisions they do as free human beings. So zero issue with anything they've done. I have issues with what we as general Adventists have done um, as a result of their faith and learning about their either newfound faith or uh, longtime established faith. And so I'd like to see us change how we do that. Um, like I said, there's some exceptions in, in Angus T. Jones's um, experience. The church really did have to make a statement about it because of some of the things that came to light. And that, once again, do we really want some of the dirty laundry of Adventism out there in a way that we cannot address them adequately? Um, I don't want to say control the narrative. I don't think that's necessarily the best terminology to use, um, but we should at least have some input. And um, we lose that when we just put it out there blanket in a, in a blanket way. So I, um, I would encourage those of you who are listening who may have done this in the past, maybe um, change the way that you interact with the, the faith of these big-name celebrities, and maybe we change that. Um, now, here's what I, now I do want to make a distinction, and this is not just to defend myself, but this is, I do want to make a distinction here. If you take a picture with a celebrity or meet them, like, and you say, oh, I didn't know they were Adventists, that's cool, whatever, like, sure, that's awesome. No problem with that. What I'm talking about is when we leverage someone's faith because of their platform. Or we leverage someone's platform, um, we leverage someone's platform in order to um, push our brand and push our, our, our denomination. That is where I take issue. So if you take a picture with someone, right? I, just this past week, I interviewed a, I was a part of an interview with a music group and I posted it on my Instagram story and I thought that was neat. I thought it was cool. Um, I mentioned it early in this episode. Like, I, I, I think that's cool. Um, I think it's cool when people, I find out that someone knows who we are because we're relatively small. Like, I have no problem with acknowledging that, that that's really cool. It's kind of like finding out something in common with someone that you didn't expect to find out. So I have no problem with that, but I do have a problem when we leverage their platform to push our denomination forward, when Christianity in general has always grown because of relationships, um, because of encounters with Jesus, not because of encounters with someone's platform. So that's it um, for my talk on Adventism's cling to relevancy. Like I said, if you want to come on and, and give some more light on, shed some more light on this issue, talk about it more, completely disagree with me, I'd be happy to listen um, and tell you how wrong you are. Just kidding. You might be right. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong. But I'm happy to have any conversations about this that anyone wants to. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please stay tuned after the jump here. I've got a really cool announcement and uh, before the episode ends. So please stay tuned after the music jump. All right, so starting April 1st, April 1st at 18.44 p.m., 
at 6.44 p.m. 18.44 p.m. is kind of redundant. I get it. It's military time. But Adventists, you know what I'm talking about when I say 18.44 p.m. A new podcast I'm working on is releasing called The Lead Podcast. I am working with Roger Hernandez, who's the Southern Union Ministerial Director. And we spent three days recording 13 episodes, 13 different interviews with people. Um, and we are going to be releasing those every first and third Sunday um, for the f- for the f- next several months. Uh, I think season one will run all the way through September. So if you want more information about that, you can head over to theleadpodcast.com or .org, and you can subscribe to our email list, or you can actually go ahead and subscribe right now on iTunes. I would, however, encourage you to go to the website to do that, because if you go on iTunes and try to find The Lead Podcast, you might run into some trouble as uh, in their search rankings, we are not at the top. So um, episode one will drop April 1, and I'm really excited to be a part of that project. I think it's great to have um, uh, more talks on leadership within our denomination. Really excited about that. So I just wanted to let you guys know. Um, Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on whatever podcast podcatcher app you use. Um, Please leave a review. Reviews really help me. Um, I cannot stress that enough. Please, please, please leave a review. We have a Facebook, facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. You can like us there. And um, as well, you can hit us up at theabsurdity.org and you can find all the episodes there. You can download them to your computer um, straight from there. And lastly, uh, as I announce every week, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. If you would like to become a patron, I would love to have you become one. It, basically, you sign up with an account and you donate money on a, it's like Kickstarter, but you know, on a monthly basis. Um, every dollar helps um, me make this podcast happen. So I would encourage any, I would, I would welcome any support um, that you can give me. Patrons get episodes uh, up to a week in advance. I say up to because sometimes I record episodes the week that they are the week before they're supposed to launch. And so because of guest availability or whatever. So, um, yeah, patrons get episodes up to a week in advance. So um, if you want to catch episodes early, that's the way to do it. Um, there will be more perks as we kind of progress and, and as more patrons join. But for now, that's where we're at. So thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. Find us on iTunes, any podcatcher app theabsurdity.org, all those great places, and we will see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.